Thanks, babe. This is my spring fling right here. That's my wife. And uh, we're so glad that you guys are with us today. You know, people ask me, why do I do what I do? And it's because when I was a kid, Jesus came into our family and he came into my life. And I discovered what Jesus said in John 10.10. Jesus said the thief's purpose is to kill, rob, and destroy. I'd experienced that. But Jesus said, my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. And Jesus wants us to have that rich and satisfying life in every area of our life. And we're talking about that richness that's inside. And we're going to go into this series right now. We're going to talk about a subject that can be very sensitive for some people, uh, awkward for some people, but I think it should be a subject that is more normal, especially for Christian people, because the Bible talks about this subject. It's the second most talked about subject in the Bible, and that is our sexuality in a romance part of our life. I've been doing this for 35 years, and I've only met two people that have told me, in, in all these years, two people have told me, I feel called to never get married. I'm not going to get married. I don't want to get married. I'm going to be single. And there is nothing wrong. In fact, the Bible says it's great if you want to be single. That is totally fine. But what I have found is most people want a relationship. They really want that romance and that, that just that feeling of, of that connection that for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, and sickness and health till death do us part. And you know what I found out about this too is everybody wants it to be great. Like, I've never met with a couple, like, premarital thing, like, you know, we hope it's okay. That's kind of, we're, we're going to shoot for, like, you know, middle of the road. Or, you know what, if it just kind of stinks, it's fine, too. We're just going to be married, and we're just going to be stuck together. Everybody wants it to be great, and I want to talk about this idea of spring fling. Now, when it says spring fling, I go in. That doesn't sound biblical at all. Uh, and I have this friend, it comes from a friend of mine who's in, the, in a men's group with me, and he actually said this to his wife, and when he said it to the group, I mean, it's like, boy, you could like hear like a pin drop. This thing didn't go very well. He said, honey, I'm ripe for an affair. And I'm like, oh, dude, you better have something good after that because you're about to get slapped. And he said, honey, I am ripe for an affair. And then he said, and I'd like it to be with you. And all the guys in the group went, ooh, that's a good line. I got to write that one down. That is really good. Uh, and, and so I told him, I said, you know what, I'm going to do, do a sermon series on this. because you've said it, You said it to us years ago, and I, it's never left me. And I, I mean, what if you could have that, you know, that romance in your marriage? Now, if you're not married, like, oh, well, I'm just going to tune out. No, 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 uh-uh. Okay, don't tune out. If you're younger and you haven't got married yet, and, and you're looking to get married, you need to pay attention. In fact, really pay attention. If you are not married right now and you want to get married again or at some point, you need to pay attention right now. And if you are married, you better be paying attention. In fact, like just kind of elbow each other because this is an important topic. And God is the one who put this desire inside of you. In fact, from the very beginning, like let's go to Genesis chapter two. This is right after God creates Adam, right? The, the first man it says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. There's one guy who wants his marriage right there. Okay, that's good. Good job. One guy. Okay. It is not good that the man would be alone. Yes. I mean, come on. Do you like your wife? I mean, you better say something, guys. Okay. Now, look what he does. Okay, this is amazing. God says, I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. Cow, no. 
giraffe, way too tall, rhino, I, yeah, I don't want to be with that. Like, I mean, like all of it that goes before him, he's like, this is not going to work, and thank the Lord that was not going to work for him. So verse 21, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out of the man, one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, I mean, that's what I'd be saying too, right? The man exclaimed, this one is bone for my bone, flesh for my flesh. She will be called, whoa, man. That's way better than any animal I've seen so far because she was taken from the man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united to one. Now, the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. So back in those days, there was just one guy, right? And it wasn't good that he was alone. And so God made woman, okay, that was just right for him. That's how God designed it, a man and a woman. We're going to talk more about that in the weeks to come, but there was only two of them at that point. Nowadays, there's a lot more, so you need a little bit more of an analogy that would go with today and how we use it today, and I don't know where my chair people are. There's a chair person. It's kind of like these two chairs we have. We're going to put one right there. Thank you very much. And I'll take one over here. And these two chairs are kind of going through life, and, and they're just, you know, crowded room, crowded life. And they, they look around, and they're kind of thinking, you know, I just wouldn't mind finding another chair that's kind of like this chair. And they, they spot one over. Whoa. Wait a minute. That's an interesting looking. I wonder if, uh, if I could get with that chair... Oh, this chair is getting better all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just like there's this, you know, the thought process is, how do I just kind of do that a little bit? <laughs> and, oh, you noticed too. Yeah, that's a, ooh, how are you? <laughs> like, you kind of, you know, you keep looking. You ever invented that crowded room where you just keep looking and then up she looked? Don't look. Look. Don't look. And, how do I get to where we could just get these things a little bit close? And, you know, I, if I could just get her to talk to me, and you could get face-to-face, -face. and you spend a little bit of this time, and you think, how do I keep this time happening again? Could I get your number? Ah. So you start texting, right? I wonder if she's on Facebook friend her, right? You know, I wonder if she snapchats. Like, <laughs> and, and, I mean, like, and you're just, and, and it, well, how many times should I message her? Like, I mean, I, is, is two texts a day too much or uh, 25 texts a day is way too much, by the way, just let you know, okay? <laughs> but you're just thinking, how can I get like this going on? And, and the more time you spend like this, you really like, oh man, this is kind of the one. I wonder if, if she would do life kind of side by side with me. And we, we, we go talk to a pastor, you know, and no, 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 really close. There we go, really <laughs> close, super close. And, you, and you, you draw up a contract, call them vows, and it's between you and God and her, and, and be careful here, babe, I got a little issue. Okay, this is, I, I like where you're going. <laughs> this is, wow. Um, there's a crowd out here. <laughs> And now you're doing life, and, and here's the deal. When you start doing life side by side, you need a, a kind of a spot, right? It's, and for us, we had to rent. And a lot of people, when you start, you got to rent, you know, because it's like, 
hey, it's expensive to do that. And, and, and when you get one of these, you got to fill one of these, right? Like, I mean, she doesn't want to sleep on the floor, neither do I. So, you know, you get that spot where you meet at night, and that's, that's a special spot. And, and you know, you, you can't just spend all your time there, so you gotta, you know, got a spot out in the other room out there that you sit on, and a little entertainment maybe on the wall there. And, and, and you got to have a spot where, you, you know, you do a little bit of this and, and dishes. And, and, and I don't understand this, but they like the dishes to match. I don't know what the deal is. And then you got to change them every once in a while. I don't know why we change them, but we do change them. Uh, and, and so you, you start, you know, and you got to pay for all this stuff. And so you got to have a job. And the job, you can't really walk to it. So you got to get one of these. And uh, this might even be your job. You know, all the toys, noises I can make. And you're like, this is really great. And, and you know, you're, you want to buy one of these someday, right? Like, I mean, you don't want to just rent it all the time. You want to buy one. And so you got to build your credit so you can buy one of these, right? The bank's not going to loan you without credit. And, and pretty soon you have all of these different bills, you know, and, and, and this different stuff. And, and, and there's some things that start to come in between you. Really thin, but boy, is this thing powerful, right? Like, boy, number one. <laughs> this is exactly how it works. Wow, thank you very much. <laughs> Put that away right now. <laughs> and, and pretty soon, this is what you're doing, right? You know, you're, you're, you're going to work, and you're filling the thing, and you're building the stuff, and you're, but something kind of is missing, and you just think, man, you know, it's nice having your chair here, but I kind of wouldn't mind having some, some little chairs. Wouldn't you just like to have some little chairs? Wouldn't it be a little chair? So fresh. And you're thinking at first they're going to be over there, but they're not, are they? No, no, no. They, they're here, right? This is where they always are, and uh, they, they want all this attention, and it used to be just about what I wanted, what she wanted, but now it's about what, yeah, they need, right? They need, I need, you know. Oh, my goodness. And, and, and pretty soon, this is all you do. And, and, and you kind of, it feels like, what happened to this? And for a lot of people, you, you know, you can look around and it doesn't, you, you don't have to, it just finds you. It, there's a lot of chairs out there that feel like this. This isn't there anymore. And some people, you know, they just do the process over. Other people will just go, well, you know, that's just kind of how it is. So we'll just kind of raise these into big, big these and then you know, we'll see what happens. But we long for that romance. That's what I long for, babe. You give Tina a hand. This is my wife. She's awesome. This is what we really want, and it's what we need. It's not good that we are alone. And I want to introduce you to a theological fact. It's my favorite theological fact in the Bible, and this is my favorite subject. I love this subject. Because the Bible talks about it so much, and it's so misunderstood, and you see so much of this uh, get really distorted in our culture, and, and really a lot of destruction happens with this when God designed it to be this wonderful, beautiful gift from him that actually should bring great joy and pleasure. So here's the first theological th fact. Romance, marriage, and sex is God's idea. I said romance and marriage and sex 
is God's idea. And a lot of people think, well, you know, sex really isn't. Like, sex is like the devil's idea. A lot of Christian people have been taught that. That is not true. Like, oh, how do you know that? There's an entire book in the Bible that's dedicated to the sexual pleasure between a husband and a wife. It's called the Song of Songs. Now, when you call a book the Song of Songs, you're saying this is the best song of all songs. So it's not just decent sex, it's great sex. It's the best of the best. And it's between a husband and a wife. It's poetic. You, you got to hear this poetry. You're, you, I, I kind of hesitate reading this at the beginning of the message because you're all going to want to leave. And um, <laughs> Here we go. Okay. How beautiful you are, my darling. That's a good start. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes behind your veil are doves. Not bad. Your hair is like a flock of goats. Boy needs some help here. Descending from the hills of Gilead, your teeth are like a flock of sheep, just shorn, coming up from the washing. Each has its twin. Not one of them is alone. Okay, I guess there's not much metaphor there in that time period. Uh, your lips are like a scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like the halves of a pomegranate. Your neck is like the Tower of David built with cores of stone and it hang on a thousand shields on all, all them shields of warriors. Your breasts are like two fawns. He's getting closer. Like twin fawns of a gazelle that browse among the lilies until the day breaks and the shadows flee. I will go to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of incense. Now, she didn't run away. She actually replies. Look at verse 16. Awake, north wind, and come south wind, Blow in my garden that his fragrance may spread everywhere. Let my beloved come into his garden and taste its choice fruits. Now, I know that's not today's kind of poetry. But for them, these guys really dug each other. And this is in the Bible. Look it up. It's in your Bible. Song of Songs. And, and just even just the, the in the natural, God created all of you, Right? We marvel at our hands. I'm marveling at a whole uh, fibula bone because mine's broken right down here. Uh, and so it's kind of a bummer that's broken. And I used to love how it worked perfectly. And I wish it still did. It will in the six to eight weeks, I'm told. But God made all this. And we marvel at it. But do you know God also made your lips? Yeah, but they need to be soft and flexible and pliable because you talk with them. Well, if it just needed to be flexible, it could be your elbow. That's flexible. God didn't make your lips like your elbow, did he? They need chapstick for a reason. They are sensitive. That's why a kiss is so wonderful. Do you know he made all the rest of you as well? And he actually wants you to experience pleasure in your life. There's nothing wrong with pleasure, especially it's under God's design and ways. And God says it's not good that you would be alone. In fact, I'm going to make a suitable, that. what do you say, just right for you. I want you to know something, that when God like brought all those animals, and like this is not going to work, it wasn't about looks, it wasn't about that, it was about this person or that thing, that being cannot fulfill in you what's lacking. There's something that's lacking in each of us. And when God, when Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, we all know that this is the big thing, right? We've got to do this. But Jesus also said this is equal. 
Love your neighbors, you love yourself. There's something that your spouse does in your life that can fulfill a part of you that's deeply broken and in deep need. In fact, you need to know that men and women have a question they're asking. It's a constant question. It is a very distinct yet very similar question. Men have one, women have one. It's just one question we ask all the time. And the Bible actually gives us the answer to these questions and how we fulfill them in our spouse. In Ephesians chapter five. Now, I'm gonna read Ephesians five. There has been a lot of abuse, spiritual abuse of Ephesians five, especially towards women. So ladies, when I read this, please don't turn off. Please pay attention because the guy has a greater responsibility in this thing. So guys, pay attention. We need to pay attention to these verses. Ephesians 5 says this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Who's supposed to submit? Everybody out of reverence for Christ. Let's never forget that, okay? Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of the body, just as Christ are of the body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Notice the reference to Genesis. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Okay, we each have a question. You guys want to know what the questions are? Because I just gave you the answer. Here's a question. Men are asking one question. Do I have what it takes? Every man is asking this question. If you give two little boys a stick, what will they do with it? They sword fight. They play guns. If it's big enough, they'll hit rocks until you can hit it the farthest. When they're done with the stick, what do they do? Hey, Dad, check this out. Tell us who throws it the farthest. And they huck the thing as far as they can, and they say, Dad, who threw it farther? If it was close, they argue about who threw it farther. Why do boys do this? Because we are trying to prove something. I have what it takes. Why in the movies is the guy the knight in shining armor? It's what every guy wants to be. It's not that way because that's what the girl wants. That's what the guy wants. That's what the guy wants. The guy wants to be wanted. He wants to be needed. That's what we want. If you look at men, you ever watch men talk to each other? Just watch them out in the lobby. Men talk like this. We do not do this. We don't, if we're facing off, we're going to fight. Okay? We do this. And we talk side by side, and we ask each other questions that we want answers for. Like I'll say, how'd you get your grass so green? And he'll tell me. And then I'm going to make mine better than his. That's how I'm going to do it. Okay? <laughs> Men, we can drive to Spokane. That's a six-hour drive. We can drive to Spokane, talk for 30 minutes, get out of the truck, and go, I love that dude. And your wife is going to say, 
Well, how many kids does he have? I don't care. <laughs> When's his birthday? I don't care about that either. What's his wife's name? Who cares? <laughs> what would you talk about? Snowmobiling. He's into it, I'm into it. Why do guys feel so good after just walk, driving in the truck together? Now, we're not, we don't always do that. Sometimes you go, I'd hate that dude. Like, well, why? What do you say? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, what do you, nothing. If a guy respects another guy, the other guy knows it. We give each other that space. We don't challenge each other. We respect each other. We talk side by side. That's called respect. And it's something that you feel. It's not something that you actually say, you do it. You actually feel it. Women are asking a different question. Women are asking this question, do I captivate your attention? Do I have your attention? If you give two two little girls a stick, what do they do with it? They twirl it and say, look, daddy, look, daddy, look, daddy, look, daddy, look, dad, 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 look, dad, dad, look. They don't compete with each other. They don't care. They just tell dad to look. If you want to have some fun, next time a little girl does something, try this. I, I do it all the time. Go, do that again. And she, you're going to watch cartwheels for the next five hours. I'm not kidding, because she just wants your attention. You watch girls in the lobby, guess how they talk? Boom. And closer. Like, they just... They both talk at the same time. And they both listen at the same time. You put four women in a car for six hours, they talk nonstop. <laughs> Try it, men. Sit in the very back and just watch them. They're just, like, I mean, your just head is spinning, right? And they get there and they know everything about each other. It's the craziest thing. Why do they feel cared about? They get out of the car and they go, man, I love those girls. Why? Because they paid attention to each other. It took us the longest. Tina, it was so crazy. We go on a long drive, right? We're gonna, we drive over to Spokane or whatever. And, and we're and like, for about 30 minutes, we talk. I'm good with the conversation as long as it's real. If you want to talk about nothing, I don't want to talk. If you're going to like go, I wonder why that guy doesn't grow mow his yard. I don't know. You want me to stop and ask him? I don't really know. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't care. It's not a conversation I want to have, right? Like, so, like, it's, that's just not how we we're wired. And so we could talk for about 30 minutes, and then I could turn music on, and we get there, and I just think, this is the greatest woman in the world. She's amazing. Guess what she thinks? He hates my guts. I'm thinking, let's go to the hotel room. She's thinking, we need marriage counseling, right? I mean, like, (laughs) why? Because I didn't pay any attention to her. She doesn't feel attended to. She doesn't feel like I've tended to her need. We are so different. Love and respect are very different. In fact, they asked men and women, they said, if you had a choice between being loved or respected, which would you rather be? Women all said, love. love. Almost all the men said, respect. Except for the ones that are henpecked by their wives said, no, honey, it's love. It's it's, it's okay, it's love. (laughs) Seriously, like, guy, and women are going, you've got to be kidding me. You'd rather be respected? Absolutely. What do women say when they're mad at us? I love you. I just don't like you right now. (laughs) You just emasculated the guy. I just don't want to be around you. It's a crazy thing how we can relate to one another. We're so different. 
which begs the question, why does love seem to fade away? Remember the story? I just, I got to get next to her. I got to be around her. I got to be around him. We got to get together. We got to do life. We got to do this. We got to do that. We gotta, I just, I just got to be around you. Why does it fade? Let's go to the Bible for this one. In James 4, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Now, when I was younger, I thought what we were arguing about was this. Seriously, I mean... Because, and, and I know everyone's a little bit different, but like usually one wants a savings account. You can't ski behind a savings account, so I want a boat. <laughs> you can guess where our marriage is at, right? <laughs> one wants security. <laughs> you can't ride security. I want a snowmobile. <laughs> like, and, like, we're just different, right? One, one wants to redo the furniture. Another one doesn't care what we're sitting on as long as it's fast, right? We're just different. That's not what we're arguing about. That's not what we're arguing about. Because here's the deal. Where do your arguments end? Do you know that we all have the same argument over and over and over? There's a, uh, this, this, uh, the two questions that I'm, I gave you, they come, out of, uh, love, uh, they come out of Wild at Heart. Great book, grab it, from Eldridge. Um, his wife wrote the counterpart of it. It's called Captivating. That's the two questions. Uh, love and respect is a whole marriage thing. We've done that. It's amazing. Um, this last part comes from how we love, which my parents are teaching right now on Friday nights, and they're going to do it again right after Easter. You don't want to miss this. How we love is amazing. All of our arguments end in one place. Here's where they end. It doesn't matter what we're arguing about. It ends right here. I will never be enough for you. No matter what I do, I can't make you happy. You're never happy. What am I saying? And why am I saying that? You know what I've learned? Is the greatest obstacle to the love affair that I so desire isn't Tina. It's me. It's my brokenness inside of here. And here's the deal. You, you know, you, you could have amazing parents, an amazing childhood. Like you'd look at it and go, overall, solid, B plus, A, A minus, maybe even A. But have you ever noticed that you could have one bad experience and a hundred good experiences? What do you remember? The bad? So inside of all of us, we have this question that's deep inside of us. Am I enough? Do I have what it takes? And the answer, guys, most of us just say no. Nope. Even Superman doesn't feel like that. I mean, they don't. And every girl is like going, do I have your attention? You can't give a girl enough. I'm not kidding. You can't. Do you know why she doesn't want you to solve her problems? You're done talking at that point. Guys love it. It's like, good, that's how I get the grass green. Move on, okay? She wants you to pay attention to her. If you solve the problem, it's over. She'd rather have you talk with her about the problem. Does she want to solve problems? Sure. As long as there's another one to solve after that. Why do we go round and round and round and round? 
Because inside, there's a little boy who doesn't feel like he's enough. And inside, there's a little girl who doesn't feel like she has anyone's attention. I got to tell you, I raised three little girls. They're amazing. And I had to tell myself when I'd go home when I was tired, pay attention. Because if I don't, there will be lots of boys who will. If I don't. If I don't date my wife, somebody else will. She's a good-looking lady. This week, look at your spouse and think there's a little girl in there. There's a little boy in there. And what I want to do is help that little boy feel like he's more than enough. I want to help that little girl know that she's got my full undivided attention. Because what's crazy is when we dated, we did it naturally. Like you might go, well, I can't do that. Yes, you can. If you didn't, you wouldn't be married. <laughs> oh, you know, he's kind of a scumbag, but I'm going to marry him anyway. He doesn't pay any attention to me, but I'm going to marry him. <laughs> you know, all she cares is about herself, and she thinks I'm a loser, but I'm going to marry her. No, I'm mean, like, no way. You married someone. Why? Because they, they, they fulfilled this inside of you. When Tina and I were dating, I just couldn't believe she'd even ride in the car. I mean, seriously, she could talk about everyone's yard and why this person. I just go, oh, it's amazing you're talking right now. Thank you. Keep talking. <laughs> and she just looked at me and I go, you're dreaming about what? Okay, that's awesome. I mean, like, right, right on. We naturally fulfilled it in each other. Here's the deal. Romance either spirals up or it spirals down. It doesn't stay still. It's like a wind chime. When I was in junior, I would make these wind chimes that were like made of little wood, and they, they went out, there's a rod and this little wood. That I started off really small, and then they went bigger and wider, and then it went back to small again. And they would go with the wind. Which way are you going to have the wind blow in your life? It's your choice. It doesn't just happen. You have to intentionally go after it. In the weeks to come, we're going to talk about how you can get back to this. We're going to talk about God's design and intention for this. We're going to give you some tools that are going to help you do it. And then on March 25th and 26th, the last weekend of the month, I've invited some friends of mine to come. They work for an organization called Peer Desire. You can look up Peer Desire online. There's amazing stuff in there, tools for um, sexuality, marriage, relationships. Uh, Rodney and Tracy, they specialize in how to talk to your kids about sex. And here's the deal. It's an ongoing dialogue. It never stops. It starts as soon as they bring it up. At our house, it was kindergarten, and it has gone on ever since. And so, by the way, this, this seminar we're having... It's from ages 12 to 99. If you're over 99, you want to just hang out and eat chocolate, that's fine with us. But if you're under 99, get in this seminar. If you know some 10 and 11-year-olds that can handle this kind of topic, bring them. If you're married, come. You need it. If you're not married, come, because you probably want to get married. And when you get married, you probably want to stay married. And so this is going to be a very powerful subject. Rod and Trace are going to talk about how to develop a healthy sexuality in your home and a conversation and philosophy. And then on Saturday, we're going to talk about healthy sex between a husband and a wife. 
and how you can fan that romance into flame. We all long for it. And far too many Christians are settling for second best, second rate. Oh, we're just going to get through it. And we've given up on it. But God wants you to have it. So in the weeks to come, we're going to do it. This seminar, I want you to be ready for it. It costs $40 for a couple or $25 a person. It's free for teenagers. Anybody under 18 is free for it. And if you need a scholarship and you can't afford it, I'll pay for it, all right? The church will pay for it. We don't want you to miss it. God's got something beautiful for you because it's not good that you're alone. Sometimes our marriages are a beautiful thing. You've, you've heard Christine playing back here. Don't you guys appreciate Christine? Yeah. I, I don't know music theory. Freddie came up with this example. It's such a beautiful example. But uh, there's like three notes that go to harmony. A one, a three, and a five. And let's say the man is a one. Could you give us a one? Oh, that sounds so good. It's a man. Do it again. Oh, let's have the man talk some more because men love to talk. More. More. Oh, man. Look at you guys talk. Okay, that's good. Okay, now the, the woman is a three. That's plenty. All right, let's move to the five. That was beautiful, though, by the way. It was beautiful. The five, and then you put them all together, and you have this beautiful sound. There's times when marriage does that. Other times, though, marriage kind of does this. You know what, though? If you'll stick with it, and you do it long enough, you'll have seasons. I hope that this spring fling is going to set you up for a summer season in romance. Jesus, we love you. We need you. And I pray, Jesus, that you would help us to have the relationship, that special relationship, that romance we all long for, that marriage that you designed. And I pray, Father, you would help us to guard and protect it before, during, and throughout the entire process of it, Lord, to make it all what you've made it to be. In Jesus' name, amen. I can't wait till next week. Hope to see you guys here.